0: We don't have a number on this. This is probably the sixth or seventh time we've had this lesson, or we've had this subject, and uh it is entitled "Knowledge versus Acknowledge," for lack of a better title, I guess. Uh And I wrote underneath it, underneath that, as uh, 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 R, blessed beyond all measure. Every time I begin to look at the um the words, particularly in first, first chapter of the book of Ephesians, it's just phenomenal what we have in Christ Jesus. Uh, I don't know, Tony, if you got the, uh, the email that I sent you. Uh, let me just check here for a second. Uh, anyway, I sent a message, or I sent a couple of things. Sorry. Sorry to do that. Uh, I think we ought to take up a collection sometime for Tony. He does too much. Uh How much do you need, Tony? How much money? Come on. Well, anyway, sorry about that. That's not very funny. Uh, no, really, we look, <laughs> we uh, we uh, we really appreciate what you do. It does mean a lot. Uh, so anyway, I sent out a couple of things that might be of interest to you. One, uh, we kind of developed along the way here twelve things that uh that are important in the first chapter of uh of the book of Ephesians. And um, and it's kinda helpful to have it at a side. It's just it notes these twelve things as we're going along, helps with our study. Uh and I additionally, um, let's see if I've got the title of the other thing. This so in nineteen ten and uh the month of June, I believe it was, uh, Mr. Welch, who had met Mr. Bollinger, had been tasked with, uh, writing some articles, and he entitled them Dispensational Expositions, I believe. And, uh, this one in particular, I pulled it up and wanted to share with you, I think that some of you would be, uh, would get a, uh, really enjoy what it is. But it has to do, it's entitled ton Hagion." Ton Hagion is the word that we're going to run across in our study today. And it simply means, it. well, let's, let's read a verse here. Let's, let's see what I can do. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, and I'm going to start in verse 15. He says, Wherefore... I also, this is Paul speaking. After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, uh, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. We're gonna that's gonna be kind of key what we're gonna talk about today. The eyes of your understanding being lightened, that. And, and you got to think about this. If you've read chapter one and see and looked at all the things that these people uh, know and were sharing at that time with the Apostle Paul, uh, you'll see how just how important that is. Uh, and uh, let me finish that verse. It says, "And what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints." And this little thing that I sent out, if you get it. Uh, Okay, thank you, Tony. If you look at it, and uh I don't even know if I've got a copy of it in front of me. But anyway, uh it represents an article that was written by Mr. Welch and edited by Mr. Uh, Bullinger. Uh, and if this is one of the keys to right division, is what does this mean? Uh, uh, what is the hope of his calling? So the issue is not our calling. The issue is the calling, the Lord's calling. So what exactly does that mean? And uh, I'm sorry, and, and the rest of it, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And we'll see that that word saints also means the holy of holies. And so that's what we want to uh, enjoy uh, today as we go through this, these scriptures again. So, uh, because of the last couple of weeks, uh, I was off and on, uh, and let me just mention this too. Uh, we're scheduled to travel the last weekend, the last Sunday in, uh, I believe it's the last Sunday in Ob- October and the first Sunday in November. And I've asked for, um, if a couple of people, Phil and Forrest, if they would uh, like to join in and uh, take take a class or so, and they both agreed to, we just have to iron that out and so forth. But anyway, we will be traveling d- during that period of time. Uh, I will be online uh, unless there's something prohibiting that. But uh, anyway, you can look forward in the next few weeks to those two gentlemen. So, Having said that, let's uh go back to the beginning of Ephesians chapter one, and if you can tell from one of the one of the th- uh, fly, flyers that you got, uh, and I'm going to find that, which is somewhere nearby in front of me here, bear with me for a moment. Yeah, it's called uh Knowledge or At Knowledge, dated 10 to 2022, and just this... These are not exactly word for word as you'll see it in the scripture, but these there are 12 things. And by the way, I think if you read some articles by Mr. Welch, there are what he calls the charter of the church. There are 11 things. So the very first thing was something I put in there intentionally. I want to make sure that you understand that was not to, uh, to do something that somebody else didn't do or for any reason like that. This was something I felt was important uh which dealt with Paul's apostleship, which was by the will of God, because everything that has to do with the mystery, he is the guy. He is the guy that it was revealed to. And you, if you don't believe that, if you don't have that knowledge, if you don't have that acknowledgement, then there's a problem. And so one of the things that we're going to do with these, or that we've attempted to do in the, in the last few weeks, was we looked at these 12 things, and some of them uh, we have a knowledge of, and, and I, I, I'm not for sure if it's in every single case here, but uh, we certainly have a knowledge of. In fact, let's just read number uh, seven, uh, which it, we probably really need to read the verse. So let me read the verse. It says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins uh, is this the one that I want uh, I have to apologize here which made us accepted in the beloved well we're going we're going to go through this uh, through some of these uh, here in a few in a moments so and we'll pick up the one I'm looking for the one oh that's abounded okay verse 8, I'm sorry wherefore he hath abounded toward us. In all wisdom and prudence. So here's something that he has done for those who are members of the church with his body. He's abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. In all wisdom, we read. And if we look, go across the page and, uh, and look at verse 17, uh, Paul is praying to the Father, and he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So, in one place it says He's abounded; He's given you enough to last you far many many lifetimes. And then over here He's praying for this. So we want to try to get an understanding. About this, you know, I, I, it, it took me a while to go through, uh, these things over and over and over to really appreciate it. I hate to even say that. That sounds, I mean, you know, you, you, you hear things and you read things and you study or whatever, whatever, and you do it a lot and some, some things kind of become old or whatever. You've got it figured out, you think, and whatever. And these, this passage, whole passage of scripture here to me, uh, is is something that is is not made for just reading one time. It's something to go through over and over and over. It's there as a friend it's there. These are things that belong to you or that have been uh, the Lord has given to you or each of us and so forth. And I don't frankly, lately when I read these things, I almost break down because they are so tremendously powerful and what they what the lord has done for those who uh, are members of the church which is his body. So uh what I'm going to do is kind of slowly go through or not yeah not not quickly but uh go through these uh just so just as a reminder we have looked at this already so just as a reminder cuz so we want to uh deal with let, let me tell you a couple other things we want to deal with. Uh we're going to deal with hope. The word hope And, uh, there's three hopes in particular, actually four, uh, that, that we want to deal with. We know that when we, uh, read, let me see here, Ephesians, uh, okay, so in Ephesians 1.18 we read that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling. So He has a calling and we want to know what that is. That may help us in some things. Uh, In chapter 4 of Ephesians, I hope we'll get to um, verses 1 to 4, we read, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. That is to say that you walk worthy of the calling wherewith ye are called. And so there's a calling. But if we read a little bit further in that same context in chapter four, it says there's one body, one spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling. So we want to get these callings straight, especially this one that talks about the Lord himself that he has, has that. Now, now we go back to first to chapter one of Ephesians and read one more thing here. Go over to verse 12. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first hoped, the word trusted there is the word hoped, in Christ, in whom you also, and the word trusted is not there, in whom you also, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So, here we have three or four usages of the word hope, and we haven't even gotten out of the book of Ephesians. And one more place that's important is at the end of Acts. And we'll read something real quickly. Acts chapter twenty, uh, 28 and verse 20. Paul speaking to these Jewish people that meets him as he arrived in Rome. And they're going to have a conversation here. And he says, for this cause, therefore, I have called for you to see and to speak with you because that for what? The hope of Israel. I am bound with this chain. So we have a few hopes here to think about and one or a couple of them are very important because it deals with us. So I'll just s- state firmly that these first 16, 15, 16 verses uh, are very beautiful. They deserve some of our time. And I think you will enjoy, I think each of us who stop and really think about it, it, might we may have to read it several times. This is the, some of the most beautiful things that's been written concerning us. And we are so unworthy, yet the Lord is, a, is going to include us in his hope and calling and in his inheritance it's phenomenal. I remember we had the I think it was the last time we had a conference in uh Wisconsin and uh I had this particular portion of scripture. I remember we played a little piece of music, uh which one which one was that? Da 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 I forget what you call it. Anyway, uh, that was what we used as, an, of, as the idea of, of this, how the, this began to, uh, it, if you put this to music, it starts out, and you're listening to it, and it's starting to speed up and to get louder, and you go through, and you after just a few minutes of time, look what's been accomplished. Acapella, what do they call it, a or something? I, I don't remember. Anyway, uh, sorry, my <laughs> musical mind is, uh forsaken me here. So but anyway, uh, this is something that beautiful and it gets better verse by verse by verse. And I think as as we mentioned earlier when we and, and when we listen to Ronnie, which is just a beautiful testimony, uh, we can see how this works into our life and should be always be part of our life daily. So anyway, uh, just a few things along the way here. One thing I've, I've uh, uh, noticed is that uh, I, I look at the personal pronouns and we did that I think two weeks ago or whenever we, uh, we had a lesson and we looked at the personal po- pronouns for number one on this list Paul's apostleship by the will of God and if you go over to chapter 3 we won't read that look at it I think eight times he speaks of himself that all of that truth that was given by God to one man so look at the personal pronouns same thing in these, uh, and when you look at this passage of scripture, 1 through 15 or 16 or something, but uh, I've noticed that if you look at the personal pronouns of ours, uh, us, or we, speaking of Paul and these people. he, he speaks, When he speaks, he uses the word us or we or ours. He's speaking of him and these people together. And then you'll notice at a certain point, he breaks away from that. And so, uh it, but what what gets my my attention is the fact that he's talking to some people that, to my knowledge, he's never met. There's no evidence that he's met. There's no evidence that he's written them a, the, a letter. He's writing one right there. But these people, what does he have to say about them? Uh, he says, verse in verse 15. After he goes through this long list, and and he shares that list with them. He is included in the list. He and them together, with maybe one or two uh, exceptions. And then we come down to verse 50, 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, and you you stop for a minute. You got a question. Well, when was that? He didn't write a letter, at least one we didn't know, we don't know of. You might argue that the book of, to the Laodiceans, the letter to Laodiceans you read of in Colossians could be them, but, uh, I don't think that's correct. And, uh, anyway, he, he breaks it off and he speaks about, uh, how he had heard of their faith in the Lord Jesus. And that apparently came from Tychicus, and we talked about that before, back in chapter six, uh, he speaks about Tychicus had delivered the letter and so forth and, and he, and he was the guy, he was the go-to guy. He would, he kind of went there in, in place of Paul, so to speak, because Paul was in prison. And he also delivered messages back and forth. So he was the one who would have probably, uh, offered these, the words that these people heard concerning the mystery, uh, perhaps, and that we read of here in the, in the first, uh, in the book of Ephesians. I remember a man once I was reading in the book of Ephesians and I just happened to mention the fact of the different, uh, the different uh, pronouns used, personal pronouns used and afterwards somebody told me that I've never seen that before. What a difference it makes. Well, that made me go back and look at it even again. So there is a there's, there's something about the scriptures that the Lord has protected from beginning to end. And, and if it's there, there probably is something we could, we can uh, be, rejoice in and whatever. So anyway, uh, without, I, I thought I'd read through these, but I don't, I don't think we will. We have it, you have it in front of you. Uh, these are things, if you'll notice, someone typed this up and they, they, Require, they began at the beginning and said list of twelve things guaranteed. Uh, so if you know of any ga, any gal who her name rhymes with jelly, uh, you might know who the, who wrote this thing. So anyway, uh, I like the way that it's worded. These things are guaranteed. These things have been given to us, and we are we've been established by these things that uh, that uh, belong to us. I think the issue we're dealing with here, because of the title of our lesson, which is knowledge or knowledge, we can gather from these twelve things. There's a lot of knowledge there, and if you look at the personal pronouns, that's going to include these people who are members of the church, which is body, and uh, and these are things that we stop and say we need to be floored with them. I mean, when we go down that list, uh, it's it's such a Great privilege to have and be part of what is going on here. So, uh, without going through every one of these, uh, this time, and it has been, we have done this, uh, let me just take you to a few verses here. And, uh, let me begin in verse 6, he says, or verse 5. Having pre, uh, I got to go back. Let's start with with verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I don't know what somebody's saying. Oh, I know this. Don't tell me this again. Oh, I thought we just did it last week. Uh, that's fine. I've I've learned particularly the older I get <coughs> that there are many times when. Uh, my emotions or whatever are not correct and, um, and I need to go to the book, go to the book and, uh, and, and think about the truth and, and so forth. Uh, and it's here in these words that we read that changes, uh, everything in our life and they're important and there's a lot of things that go through my life that You know, prevents me from having the time to study the way that I should maybe or whatever. So what I've learned to do or at least try to do is learn certain passages of scriptures that are beneficial. Uh, I think of young David. What did he write? Uh, I have thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And that's pretty much uh, a good way to say I need to memorize. And so there are specific verses here that I will repeat over and over. One of them is this one, as a matter of fact. Uh, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Again, read it again and again, and to yourself until you grind that in. I've learned what happens is that the Lord is sitting there listening to you, and at some point in time, he says, okay, that's enough, I get it. And he lets us see his spirit. And we, and, and we get to see the fullness of him. Uh, several places, it's, I think it's, I'll just say it's a good healthy thing that we memorize scripture and we are prepared to pronounce them over and over and over. And let, and watch and see what the Lord does. I think he appreciates that. <clears throat> it is word. And he deserves to be appreciated. So, uh, let's read on a little bit further. Uh he bless us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. This is a spiritual passage of scripture. Ephesians and Colossians have particular scripture that deals with with uh scriptural truth. I'm sorry, spiritual truth. And uh well we don't have time to look at all those. I will just say this in Ephesians 1 3 we just read, 519 speaks of songs that are spiritual. And he doubles that up when he speaks in Colossians 3.6, that he speaks of songs, which has to do with the word. And once again, it's just uh, amplifying what we've already said there about how important it is to memorize and to have those things in our heart. Changes ever It can change everything in our life in a moment's notice. Uh, there's spiritual understanding in Colossians 1.9. And then, of course, we all know the bad one. 6.12, which speaks of uh, wickedness, spiritual wickedness, and uh, there's much truth to be learned from that. Anyway, uh, let's read on a little bit more care, uh, carefully here. Verse 5, having predestinated us into the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ, actually Christ Jesus, to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will... To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us, except he has engraced us, made us objects of grace in the beloved, in whom you have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath, and this is where I want to begin this week, wherein he hath abounded toward us, how? In all wisdom and prudence. So not only has do we have wisdom, we've been given all wisdom, whatever that means, in prudence, notice what he says more to that at the beginning here. Wherein he hath abounded toward us. He's gone beyond measure. There's a specific measure out there that... He has gone beyond. And guess what? We dirty old Gentile sinners don't deserve any bit of it. And he has made this thing happen in our life. You know, think about this. This is being, this whole book, this letter is primarily to Gentiles. Gentiles who had absolutely nothing that they could claim here. And we read this, this book and particularly the next few chapters. Wow, what a change. Something big has happened here, whether people notice it or not. There's a lot of things that have never been spoken of before, been kept secret before, uh, the foundation or the catabolia of the, of the age of the world. I'm sorry, cosmos. And so, uh, here we, we have something I just, just earlier, but here we have the subject matter of Wisdom and prudence. He's abounded toward us in wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will. So uh, so, so along with that, let's go back over here to chapter, or, or still in chapter 1, and I'm going to start in verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you, in my prayer, so here's Paul he got the word he heard that their faith he heard about their faith in the Lord Jesus uh it would have been nice if he could have met them, but he was enchained in his own hard house but apparently during that precarious period of time and uh and so this is his prayer for them he's there's going to be some things missing in what the first fourteen verses here tell us. And let's see what those are. Uh, he says, uh, he, he making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, manifestation, in the, it says the knowledge of him, but here's one of the occasions if we substitute the word acknowledge or acknowledgement, we can see there's some action taken on our part. And all of this wisdom that, that we've been given and revelation, it's, be, it's been given to us in abundance. Now, what are we going to do about it? Let's just narrow it down to something simple here. What are we going to do about it? We've been given this now he's, he's praying that through acknowledgement, furthermore, the eyes of your understanding, so is there something missing in their understanding? In their understanding, being enlightened that we, ye may know what is the hope of his calling. So they need something here, they need something to get them going so that they can understand some even additional truth. And this has to do with the hope of Christ's calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And I don't think we're going to have time to go through that today, but uh, we'll start.
1: So here's here's something
0: uh, important. It has to do with acknowledgement. And I think we can go back through the list and, and... Think about, mind, acknowledge every single one of these things individually, and so uh, it appears that's what Paul is accomplishing here with this particular prayer. I mean, you will see that there's three prayers that he, pays, that he prays in the book of Ephesians. I think there's one in Philippians, and is it one or two in Colossians? But uh, it would behoove us to go back and look at all of them. But he meant serious. He, he, when Paul prayed, he was serious. So here was something that, that was uh, genuine that we that was going to pass on to them. Uh so that they know what the hope is, colleagues, and the riches of the glory of his his inheritance in the saints. And I'll stop right there with before we go into I, I don't think we have time to go into this week, is that very thing that <clears throat> there's an inheritance uh belongs to the Lord. And I'm sorry, I'm losing my sight here. Know that this is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And so if, well, let's just do this. We'll see how far we can get. Let's turn over to um, Hebrews chapter 8. And we're going to read a few verses here. What's interesting, and, and like I said, I, I gave you that for your uh, leisure time reading. Uh, the, the thing from uh, Welch and from uh, Bollinger. And, uh, no, I don't have it in front of me, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, those... Maybe do, oh, yeah, from things to come. And, and it's interesting to note that through all the years... People have resisted it. If you read this, if you look at this particular subject and see what it's saying, it's uh, it's phenomenal what he's doing for us. He's he's uh, the, the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. And first of all, that makes it sound well. That's that's speaking of us. He's going to do that in another place. Here he's speaking about a place. Uh, a position also. And it has it has to do with this Greek phrase here, tonhagen. So like I said, over in Hebrews chapter 8, uh, I know we've got to read chapter 9. Let me see which verse is here. Um, and I've got some, I've got notes on four different pages here, so I'm going back and forth. Before we do that, I want to do, just read this one little thing. This was, uh, happened to be in, uh, Stuart Allen, one of the books of Stuart Allen. It had, it's in the subject concerning prayer. And I think he had seven or eight or nine different items there for prayer. But here in particular, I wanted to read this. So here's Paul, he's praying. And he's gonna, we're gonna witness how his prayer means something. Probably is, uh, and why the reason that there's, his prayer is more powerful than probably most people's. But bear uh, with me for a minute while I read these words. True prayer will conform to the will of God. So, I mean, think about that a little bit. When you open your mouth to the Lord and you say, Lord, I lay like that Mercedes Benz over there, and it's electric, and I'd like to have that. I don't think that's going to go too far. It's got to conform to the will of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him. This is uh, 1 John 5.14 we read. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. This is one of the greatest lessons to learn. Prayer is not a means to get God to change his mind or alter his plans. Uh, there are prayer meetings that, uh, I make that attempt. Uh, lots of people get together and pray for something that uh, without considering the fact that it may not be the Lord's will. So he says, uh, this means to get God to change his mind or alter his plans, but to bring us into line with his will, whatever that may involve. It is when we want nothing so much as his will, think about that. And the number one issue here is the we're concerned about his will. That we can begin to pray effectively. And when we can truthfully say, as the Savior did, not my will, but thine be done, in Luke 22:42, Then we are well on the road for receiving wonderful answers to our petitions. And let us remember that all answer is answered no, is as much as an answer as yes. But along the lines of the divine will, uh, will we uh, the way this is written is strange along the lines of the divine will we are coming to the one who can do exceedingly abundantly all that we ask or think may we learn to use this priceless privilege more and more so uh, there's a, a simple uh, way of understanding how we should pray <clears throat> so we go to Hebrews and uh let me give you a quick list of how this word is used in the Greek. And, uh, that one let's try this one. I'm apologizing here, I'm looking at two or three different notes, things. Uh, okay, so Hebrews 8-2, we read uh, this, and then, uh, verse 1. Now these things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary. So can we put the, the word saints in there? He's a minister of the saints and of the true tabernacle. That's not the idea here. Uh, you know, it, Welch, I mean, uh, sorry, Bollinger has something that I don't, we don't really have time to go into. It. We'll never get through this. In fact, I'm going to put this off till next week, but I'll turn to, if my memory serves me right, Appendix 104, yes, where he does prepositions. He does a good job on Greek prepositions. And if you look at number 14, here's what he has to say about that particular word. Pro, P-R-O, governs only one case, the genitive denotes the position as being inside of, before, uh, or before one, in place, uh, that gives a long list of verses and so forth. So let's narrow that down to what is he saying here. So he tells us how this word is being used in the scriptures, that way and that way only. And the long, uh, without going into great detail here, we're, we're, what we're looking for here is the fact that this word if we keep reading, like in chapter 9, 1, 2, and 3, he says, Then verily the first covenant had ordinances of divine services and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle uh, made. The first wherein was the candlestick and the table and showbread, which is called the sanctuary. He keeps talking about the sanctuary. This is the word that we're talking about. And after the second veil, this is verse 3 of chapter 9, the tabernacle, which is called... The holiest of all. That's where we're going with this word. And if you read all of this chapter, this all this has to this book has to do with Israel, and it had to do with the holy place and the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, all the things associated with that. So let's go back and place these words in with this verse, and think about this just for a moment. And I think I'll stop for this week. Uh, What did I say? Let's go back to Ephesians. and uh, where am I I'm in chapter four I'm in the wrong chapter sorry back in chapter one um, so the eyes of your understanding here was the prayer understanding being enlightened that we may that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the Holy of holies, and we're going to find out in these scriptures that this body of believers are going to enjoy that particular location. In fact, inheritance in the holy of holies. So I'm going to stop there uh, because of, number one, we get into a lot of uh, repetitive stuff here and a lot of verses to cover and so forth. Uh, I don't want to lose our lose the audience, so to speak. Um, but we'll we'll pick it up I think next time from here and maybe be come close to getting out of this particular subject and moving forward. But anyway, let's stop there. Let's have a word of prayer and um, thank the Lord for this good word. Heavenly Father, we are grateful to you for this wonderful book that we have in our possession and the fact that you have allowed us to understand and enjoy truth. And we thank you for. The way you've blessed this whole group, we ask that you continue to bless, and we look forward to things that are your will and how you take care of them in your perfect way. And thank you for each one um, this morning and what we share as body members. These things We thank you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.